Welcome to another episode of Ball Court. As a matter of fact, this is going to be the all-star edition. We have the second part of the season coming up with the NBA, and we have a whole lot of basketball left to cover over the summer as well. So sit back, relax, and join me for some more Ball Court. Hello, this is your host, Coach Drew, and welcome to another episode of Ball Court. Wow. Man. Like I said, like I said, like I said, this is the All-Star Edition. This has been an absolutely amazing All-Star event. And I would be remiss to even bring up the All-Star, you know what I'm saying, the whole All-Star event without talking about one of the greatest storylines in the All-Star weekend. I have to talk about this. Yes, there was two boys from Akron, two boys born in the same hospital, came out to the All-Star game in Cleveland and really showed out. I'm talking about, yes, Steph Curry and LeBron James. Half of y'all don't know that. Yes, Steph Curry and LeBron James were born in the same hospital. Isn't that crazy? Man. And, yes, this was the 75th edition of, you know, the NBA. This is 75 years, their diamond anniversary. So this All-Star game had a little bit of extra, you know, umph to it. Because you had some of the most amazing legends all in the building. Now, I know that uh, from the All-Star Games in the past, it has been absolutely beautiful because, you know, everybody came out to watch. But this one was a little bit different. Now, Cleveland hosted the 50th year anniversary where they had those uh, leather jackets that looked like the eight ball jacket for the NBA, uh, for the NBA 50th. Mm. I kind of like the Blazers a lot better. It looked a lot more chic, and it made him look a lot more elegant because these are giants of the game, and that's what the All-Star game is about, seeing the giants of the game perform things at such a high level. And, yes, those two boys from Akron, they put Cleveland out there and showed off at Cleveland. And I could tell, I could tell, you could even see it in some of the interviews before the game. Steph Curry was a little, he felt a little bit awkward sitting in the Cleveland home locker room, even though, you know, he was born there. But, you know, he felt a little, not in the locker room, no, no, no. But even though he was born in Cleveland, but he felt a little bit uncomfortable sitting in that home locker room. And even LeBron was telling him it's a, it's a little different. So when they came out there, they behaved just like that. They were just a little different. I'm talking Steph Curry dropped 50 points. Yes, three points shy of the record. That was set by Anthony Davis dropping 52 points. You know, shout out to the Brown. Boom. So well, I'm telling you, he really showed out. And it was an amazing event all around. You know, LeBron James hit the game winner because this new format is that they go to one, they go to 163 and both teams were fighting. And it was beautiful. He hit that turnaround fadeaway shot and it was like game and it's it's nice to see something like that something that is so um high level to end the game it was a beautiful event even chris paul showed up even though he was injured he showed up for a minute or two got got his you know honorary assists you know he went out there and did what he had to do it was an amazing thing now kevin durant was injured as well as he couldn't even partake in the events due to the fact of the passing of his grandmother you know so uh I know that was a tough time, so my condolences to Kevin Durant and his family. And so he did, he took he did, he wasn't even at the events in itself. But the Lamelo Ball did take his place, and Lamelo Ball looked pretty good. 
he looked pretty good. He showed out. He looked that same AAU level of uh, LaMelo Ball. He had that nice little style going to him. And watching him with that, you know, with his, the way he passes and the way he does things, this is not going to be his last All-Star game. By no means. And the fact that he was snubbed in the first place, that was a whole nother issue that I was going to get into. But this All-Star weekend was amazing. Amazing. Hands down. And I really enjoyed what I saw for the most part. For the most part. Now, I want, I'm not going to dive too far into this. I want you to go to CWN Sports. Check out my article. It's going to, you know, about the All-Star game. Uh, dunk contest, but I am going to touch base on it. I have to say, I I felt like my generation and we we you know the people of my generation who grew up during my time and seen basketball during my time, we were spoiled. The the dunk contest was not done by just everybody. It was usually done by the best dunkers in the game. Uh. And not and no and no slight to Obi Toppin and the rest of the dunkers in there, Jalen Green and everything, but a dunk contest without John Morant and John Morant literally had the two best dunks of the weekend, and that was done in the All Star game. And the dunk contest was lackluster at best, and I felt like now we have to start reordering how Saturday goes because. It was a lot more exciting to see Carl Anthony Towns win the um, three-point contest. And it was so much more exciting to watch Cleveland win the uh, skills challenge than to watch that dunk contest. That dunk contest, it made Kareem Abdul-Jabbar realize that it was getting late and he had to leave. I, I had to leave. I was watching it and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go do something else. As a matter of fact, what I did go and do, I went to go do karaoke with my kids on Roku. Yes. Instead of watching a dunk contest, I was singing Boys to Men on Bended Knee. Think about that. How many how many times would you have went to go sing Boys to Men instead of watching Vince Carter put his arm in the net? You know? I'm just saying. I'm just I'm I'm throwing it out there. See, we took Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine for granted. Shame on us. Shame on all of us. But let's go ahead and move on. I got to talk about something that's taking place right now because this, uh, there were some comments made at the All-Star game by LeBron. And, you know, I'm not saying that it was, you know, direct comments, but you could tell how LeBron does things. It was a little bit cryptic to his future in L.A. We all know that he does have his main goal is that he wants to finish out his year, years playing with his son, Bronny. And respect to him because, you know, I, I was there watching Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. play together. So I thought I always thought that that would be an amazing thing to happen in basketball. So the simple fact that in my lifetime I would have a possibility of seeing it happen in baseball and basketball would be absolutely amazing. I think it would be absolutely impossible to happen in football because what the average the average career is what, like three years? So them kids got to get big quick. So. My thing is, it was, I know how LeBron feels about that and playing with his son. So he mentioned he mentioned that, but the, also he mentioned about, you know, he complimented Sam Preston and the Oklahoma City Thunders and the moves that they made, you know, say before the, um, before the trade deadline. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because Rob Palenka sat stagnant 
during the trade deadline, even though there was a lot of heat coming from the fans and everywhere about Russell Westbrook. And I want to go ahead and tell you, some of that heat is not well-placed, but I can clearly understand where you're coming from. He is not performing at the MVP level in which he once performed. So I, I get where you're coming from uh, with that heat uh, about Russell Westbrook. And by no means am I saying that I'm trying to bail him out or take him off the hook, but Rob Palenka sat on his hands during that uh, during during the trade deadline. And the fact that um, LeBron made a statement about Sam Presti get, you know, getting his team better, I felt like that was a little bit of a shot. Now, he didn't rule out coming back to Cleveland and playing. So coming back to Cleveland for the third time, you know, he didn't rule that out by no means. So it is something that's now up in the air, which how is the Lakers going to handle this? The last thing they need to know is, or need to feel is hearing the tabloids that LeBron James bought another house in Cleveland. So this is something to go ahead and think about. And I'm more than positive that the Cavaliers and Dan Gilbert, who was, you know, I'm more than positive he will try and bring Bronny into the organization in any way possible if it does mean bringing back the king. So... These are certain things that you want to go ahead and look at when you say, hey, what's going to be the future of the Lakers? Now, I got to talk about the fact that right now, the Lakers are sitting in turmoil. It is, I'm saying right before the All-Star break, they took a loss to the Blazers. Now, this, uh, this loss to the Blazers was a, pretty much a gutted team. Everybody on the team was either traded and or sitting out. So it was kind of like they lost to the Blazers bench. And this was with LeBron on the floor. And this this is something that even Magic Johnson, the, the, the great Magic Johnson, the number, pretty much one of the best Lakers ever to do it. And we're going to get to the rankings in a little bit later about the top 75. So, but Magic Johnson in himself, he's one of the greatest Lakers to ever do it. He was even disappointed in the, in the display that they saw. And so this was something that made me look at them and say, hey, you know what? What are we looking at now for the Lakers organization? Stop and think about this. A little bit before the All-Star break, Jerry West tries to get into a game. Now, Jerry West, the logo, Jerry West, pretty much one of the greatest Lakers to ever play. He, hands down, is Mr. Laker himself. He suffered through loss after loss against the Celtics just to gain a championship. He was there during the struggle. He was there when your grandparents talk about how great the Lakers used to be and they talk about Elgin Baylor and the good old days and the yesteryear. He was there. He was there helping build the organization as an executive. So they told him his lifetime tickets were no longer in his lifetime. He never felt so insulted. So it's kind of like this great organization and that Dr. Jerry Buss put together seems to be falling apart right in our hands. You know, and let's be honest here. When things start to fall apart, people are going to have to go. They're going to have to start putting people on the chopping block. And when you think about, you know, who's going to end up going, Let's let's stop and look, let's stop and look at it. LeBron James adds sixty wins to any team. You're not gonna just get rid of LeBron James like that.
It's going to be something that if LeBron James want to leave, he's going to leave. He's been known to do that in the past. But you're not going to go ahead and just get rid of him. Now, Anthony Davis, on the other hand, I can understand that he's, you know, falling onto the more aging side with these injuries. And it's looking like if you have to make, if you have to go ahead and uh, make a change, Anthony Davis wouldn't be one that will actually say, oh, you know, the fans will turn against you. But at the same point in time with everything that he has done in the short period of time that he has been with the organization, is it something that you wouldn't want to just go ahead and just filter out and say, all right, cool, he's going to get him out of there. So that leaves a certain amount of people. Russell Westbrook, which a lot of the fans are calling for his release, calling him Westbrook and all of this, and they're calling for him to get out of there. But really, after the comments that LeBron made, pretty much it feels like Rob Palenka's under, he's he's pretty much on the chopping block. If It's kind of like when um, Jalen Rose and the rest of the Fab Five got to Michigan, his job is about to go to somebody else. So this is something that you want to look out for, I'm telling you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick little break. I'm going to be right back with more Ball Court. My name is Coach Drew, and I want to thank y'all for hanging with me. Stick around. We got some more Ball Court right after this. back to ball court i'm your host coach drew man and this is the world of basketball and let me tell you i'm about to make this world really controversial all right top 75 ranking espn released their top 75 ranking now i'm gonna go ahead and mention the top 10 and this is their top 10 now this actually this top 10 pretty much solidifies the debate the back and forth the who's better this and this and this so this is this was voted on everybody. This was the ranking. This is this is where it came. This is what this was going on. Here goes the top ten as ESPN sees it. Now, if you feel differently about anything, please do not at me about this because this is not my top ten. I do agree with it. Definitely, I agree with it based on the order. But I want to go ahead and point out some key facts that makes that blows this top ten away. So first of all. The number one, the number one on the top 75 ranking was Michael Jordan. Hands down, yes. Michael Jeffrey Jordan hit number one. And I would have to go ahead and say the weight of the six championships and the three and the two two three peats is uh pretty much solidifies him as the number one. Um you can't discount the fact that he's pretty much one of the greatest winners in basketball history. You know, he, he has that, uh, he had that next level, that Jordan-esque level where he could put things away and and lock it away. Nobody, there was no time that he was walking off the court feeling like they took a loss, except for Orlando. You know, it, I felt like Orlando really, 
you know what I'm saying, really, really gave them a little scare there. But, you know what I'm saying, there was no time that it was it was a time that you could say that, I right, Jordan was outmatched, you know? So, definitely he falls number one on that, okay? So, number two, LeBron James. Yes, all you LeBron James haters, how do you feel? Anyway, nonetheless, <laughs> sorry. LeBron James, he took number two. I have to go ahead and congratulate him because finally, you know, even if you're going to weigh it as saying, okay, well, he didn't have as many championships as um, Michael Jordan, he actually made it to the finals more times than Michael Jordan, more times than anybody. He made it to nine straight finals. It's, it was some, That's something that's uh, pretty much un, unheard of. He's in year 18, and he's still leading his team in points. He's dominating the league. And as a matter of fact, his all-star team has won five all-star games. Team LeBron has won five all-star games. Think about that. Straight. So he's on that next level. And you could actually say he and he is the leading score getter in all of basketball. Nobody's ever scored more points than this man here in basketball. So congratulations. I have to say that LeBron James is number two. Now, we got to go to the number two point getter, which always get left out of the conversation. He falls in at number three. Yes, Lou Alcindor himself, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest basketball players to ever come out of the PSAL. And I'm talking about New York City's uh, public school athletically. He, he was pretty much a dominating Laker, dominating big man, and he was a dominating buck. As a matter of fact, you haven't seen uh, outside of Giannis Antetokounmpo and you know, he's the Greek freak. That's why they call him the Greek freak, because he's an amazing athlete. But prior to him, the only two Milwaukee Bucks that you could name that was a dominating presence was Oscar Robertson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So you have to go ahead and give him up. He was a legend in two different cities, dominating as a big man for both, the captain himself, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, falling number four on the list is Magic Johnson. Now, if you haven't noticed, if you haven't noticed, that means he fell as the number three Laker on the list so far, right? And that's Magic Johnson. He was an absolute phenom. If you never got to see Magic Johnson play, if you were too young to see that, you missed out. He was doing things that you wouldn't think that a big man could do. Now LeBron James does that, and like he's like a mixture of Magic and uh, Magic. And Jordan itself with the way he attacks the rim, but also with the way he could dish the ball like magic. It was an amazing, amazing thing. And I could tell you that most of the passers out here today is just emulating what magic actually set forward. So big shout outs on that. And filling in the number five spot is Wilt Chamberlain. Yes, the greatest big man ever. Missed 100 points himself, Wilt Chamberlain. So that shows in the top five, yes, there is four Lakers sitting in the top five with Michael Jordan, all right? So I would definitely have to say that, you know, probably the Lakers were one of the greatest teams of all time. And now we have to go ahead and show shout-outs to the Celtics because coming in at number six is Bill Russell. Now, Bill Russell pretty much dominated his time going back and forth with Will Chamberlain. And if you let, if you ask any basketball purist who actually got to see it, Bill Russell pretty much was getting the better of Will Chamberlain on most occasions. 
even though history, you know, kind of changed things, and now it has it has it as Will Chamberlain being more dominant than Bill Russell. Isn't that crazy? That's kind of wild. And now Larry Bird, Larry Legend Bird, fills in at number seven. I feel that he's about at the right spot. You know, Larry Bird should be about number seven because I can't I can't say that he is he is better than Magic. I wouldn't say that he is better than Will or Bill Russell himself. Because there in itself, I feel that Bill Russell was the greatest Celtic of all time. So when you put Larry Bird there, that I felt Larry Bird would fall at number seven. Now, here's where number, because number eight and nine to me should have been reversed. I felt number eight should have been Oscar Robertson, Mr. Triple Double. Um, he was doing things way before it was it was known that it could be done. He he could direct the he could direct the game. Better than LeBron could do now. Even though it's, it's been said that he had a little bit of an attitude in the way he went about directing the game. But that could just be his love for winning. But they had actually Tim Duncan at number eight and Oscar Robertson at number nine. Now, Tim Duncan, Mr. Fundamental, I have to say, yes, he should definitely be in the top ten. I just personally don't feel that he should have been over Oscar Robertson. But, you know, saying Tim Duncan fell in at number eight. He was a dominating big man in himself. I remember the days of the Twin Towers with him and David Robinson uh, dominating down in San Antonio. And when they, when after David Robinson moved on and they brought in Tony Parker and, uh, and, and Manu Ginobili, it was a great um, group of guys that he had around him. And with his fundamental style of basketball, he was a guaranteed success because uh, a lot of people don't realize that now. The fundamentals is what actually gives you the advantage that you need. And, of course, finishing off the top 10, the late, great Kobe Bryant. Now, definitely he should have been in the top 10. I felt he should have fell a little bit higher. I find that uh, Kobe Bryant, in my book, should have fell right behind uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But uh, I'm not ESPN, you know what I'm saying? But I definitely can understand with it why they put him there. But with the five championships, I would have had to put him, like, pretty much right up there with uh, Michael, LeBron, and Kareem. So, but hands down, Kobe Bryant definitely should be in the top ten. Doesn't matter where you put him in the top ten, he should definitely be in the top ten, hands down. Now, out of the whole list, now, I went through the whole list and I thought to myself, okay, who got ranked really high and who got ranked really low, all right? Now, I'm basing this off of my personal preference. I would have to say uh, Pete Maravich, number, he got ranked at number 54. The reason why I felt like he, um, he got ranked higher than he should have is he had five all-star appearances. You have uh, only a few. There was only a few. I, I, I don't remember the exact number, but there's only a few um, that had less all-star appearances than him. And these were like Dennis Rodman and people like that. So it was like, it wasn't like he was out there showing up in the All-Star game every year, you know? Is But he had five All-Star appearances. Now, and in the, in the postseason in itself, he, you got to think about it. Russell Westbrook had a better postseason, uh, postseason experience than he did. So it's kind of like, it, it, it's kind of like, and Russell Westbrook, you know, great MVP, and he wasn't ranked as high as Pete Maravich. 
So I really, I really think in itself that um, he should have been ranked a little bit lower. Now, Pistol Pete, I know Pistol Pete, he, he showed us how to do a lot of things, and it was amazing during his time. So he was pretty much like, um, uh, he, I, I'd have to say he had pretty much like one of the, he was the predecessor of, he had the predecessor of magic. He had the predecessor of the the amazing handles, the great passes, and all those trick moves. He's, he started it. He was the grandfather of it. But I still think number 54 ranks him a little higher than he should have. Now, the person who got dropped, I felt got robbed on a whole, was James Harden. And they ranked him as number 50. Now, if we take a look at stats, basketball skills, you know, points, things that he's done with teams like from Oklahoma City over in Houston, what he's done with Houston, even coming over to the Nets and the things that he's done in the short time that he was there, I feel that his stats alone should get him above 50. Now, let's be honest here. We could go ahead and say that is, you know, Zane is because he hasn't won championships. But there's a lot of people on that list that's ranked higher than 50 that has not won a championship, you know? So there's a lot you could say why, you know, he was ranked number 50. But clearly, I feel like he was ranked that low because of the fact of what he did in Houston, how he got out of Houston, you know what I'm saying, and how he got out of Brooklyn. I felt that him causing that drama in Houston and causing that drama in Brooklyn really hurt his ranking. And I feel that that shouldn't have taken place that after James Harden re retires and after people like uh, Russell Westbrook retires and we get to see their uh, their um, career on a whole, we could definitely go ahead and really accept them. But I think right now, um, a lot of these people who was voting were, was blinded by what's going on right now. It's like they see that um, at this moment, James Harden is acting a certain way. They see that the weight gain thing that he did in uh, Houston or uh, the way that he didn't want to say he wanted out of uh, Brooklyn. But as soon as he got out of Brooklyn, he started saying why he wanted out of Brooklyn. So the way all of those things uh, transpired, I could definitely see why it was, like, why he was dropped down to number 50, you know? I, and I feel like it was the same reason he was picked last in the All-Star game is because, you know, of what happened in the whole with the whole uh, thing with the Brooklyn Nets. So, with that being said, though, hands down, I I agree with I would say about sixty percent of that list. I agree with. I'm not going to go ahead and get into all the stuff I disagree with, but I definitely do agree with it. So that's the reason why I had to take a coach's look at the top seventy-five ranking for seventy-five years of the NBA. Now I'm gonna go ahead and jump into a coach's look at. In honor of Black History Month. Yes, here goes a Black History fact for you. Now, in honor of Black History Month, I'd like to go ahead and tell you a Black History fact that you probably may not know. All right? There is uh, the first ever Black player to be drafted into the NBA. Now, he wasn't the first one to sign a contract, and he wasn't the first one to play. But he was the first one to be drafted in the NBA. He was selected first, first in the second round by the Boston Celtics. Yes, Chuck Cooper. He was a six foot five small forward and a shooting guard. He averaged nearly about seven points and six rebounds per game in a six year career that he had with the Celtics, the Milwaukee, and you know slash St. Louis uh, Hawks, which is now Atlanta. And he ended his career playing with the Fort Wayne Pistons, which is now Detroit. 
All right. So um, that's a quick little black history fact, just so you have an understanding of how, you know, things are changing and things are progressing. Each time, I'm going to go ahead and drop a little black history fact about the NBA for you until the end of Black History Month. And then after that, I will make sure I do it once a month because black history happens every day. We just got to keep on experiencing it. So I would, on that note, you know what I'm saying, I want to go ahead and go into a word from our coach. All right. Now, I was reading a, uh, I was reading a post, all right, and it was about a true story about a, um, a high, a gentleman in high school. I asked the guy uh, why he went to D two when he had four D one offers. He said that the D two school showed him love first. Then he said, "I'd rather be a D two school's first choice than the second or third choice at a D one school." Now. NBA players actually went this route too, like Damian Lillard. After he, after he was offered a uh, scholarship at Weber State, other scholarships started rolling in when he started showing out and playing at a higher level. Uh, and he still went with Weber State. You know, he went over there, he did his thing, and you and we all know the rest of what happened. Now, when you stop and you take a look, especially as a young athlete during this time. You probably just finished your school season and you're looking into going to AAU or you're looking at finding out what's going to be your next step. When you take a look during this time, you have to start to evaluate yourself. Where are you going to be happy at? What, it, what makes basketball great to you? What are you looking for in this game? Now, you have to think about it. There's only 30, there's only 30 or so teams, you know? Uh, even if you do get Seattle coming into the league and Vegas getting a team, fingers crossed, we still only have a few teams. We have millions and millions of kids across the country playing basketball. So the NBA cannot be the final destination for everyone, but basketball will open doors for you. So you have to find your right fit. Find what's going to be comfortable for you to get the education that you need or to open the doors that you're looking to get open. Sometimes it's not just about uh, teams winning record. Sometimes it's not about, you know, it could be about a coach. You know, what coach is going to develop you to play in that next level. Or it could just solely be about a program or a school that you want to attend. You cannot allow someone else's vision to become yours. Just because you get an offer from a couple D1 schools, that might not be the D1 schools you want to be at. And you might find a lot more pleasure playing for that D2 school and learning a lot more. An education, a free education, is something that is valued. When you show that college degree, no one's going to ask if it's Division One or Division Two. It's going to still be a college degree, and it'll be worth millions to you, and it'll be worth the world to everyone else. All right, so that's just a quick word from your coach. Now, I definitely want to say if you are in the uh, if you are in the Phoenix Vegas area, definitely come book a session with Coach Drew. This way, you can learn the mentalities of basketball and learning how to do uh, training with a personal touch. If you are away from that area, I do suggest that you do find a coach, a trainer, or someone to make sure that you are improving your game during this time. Because summer is coming up very quickly. The next year is going to be right here. And we have to stay active, stay healthy, and stay safe. 
I am your host, Coach Drew. I want to thank you for hanging out with me here at Ball Court. You can find Ball Court at cwnsports.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts. That is Google Podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcast and you love it, I will be there. And definitely go ahead and subscribe because when you hear the ding, you know the coach has done his thing. I will see y'all next time right here on CWN Sports. My name is Coach Drew, and this has been the world of basketball in ball court. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.